families' lives and future families who are able to take the course. But uh, I'm much more excited about the celebration uh, of being able to be unchanged spiritually. Uh, and, uh, you know, God is awesome, isn't he? I mean, God is, is tremendous. Uh, we planned this service a long time ago to have this celebration on the 20th of November. And uh, we were never expecting that on that same week of the 20th of November, in seven days, we'd have seven people baptized or restored into God's church. And so we have souls whose lives are now unchanged spiritually. And God is awesome. Amen. And so last Sunday, there were three. There were some on Saturday, restoration today, two baptisms after church. It's really incredible to see that God is celebrating with us for what really matters, which is lives being changed for all of eternity. Amen. So if you turn your Bible to Luke chapter uh, four and verse 16, I think I left my clicker over here somewhere. There it is. Thank you. Uh, you know, we we talked uh, when we started this program. This is about two and a half uh, months ago. We started the Unchained program. We talked about uh, this scripture in Luke chapter four and verse 16 to 21. And this is Jesus uh, in the synagogue, rolling up, a, rolling out a scroll, opening a scroll and reading and telling the people that what they are listening to is being fulfilled in their hearing. And so this is what this is what he says. There we go. I'll just use Alex as my clicker right there. It says he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. As was his custom, he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fasted on him. He began by saying to them, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And just imagine being there at the moment. How riveting a moment that was for all the religious leaders, for all those that were there in the synagogue that day. And and for Jesus, as he understood his point and his life and his purpose of being here on this earth. And so, you know, in that scripture, it talks about proclaiming, proclaiming the good news, freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight, set the oppressed free and proclaim the day of the Lord's favor. And so we looked at a scripture the last time we were together and it was in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse one and two. It says, therefore, says we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses and not just the witnesses here, but the witnesses of the heroes gone by in heaven waiting for all of us when we get to heaven as well. Amen. It says by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And so last time together, we learned three truths that are really very important truths that if we get these in our lives, it will change our life. It will change our perspective. It will change our our future. And these three truths were that the way of the world leads to spiritual captivity. And that is a truth. That's an absolute spiritual truth that if you follow the way of the world instead of the ways of God or the ways of the scriptures, 
where that leads to is to spiritual captivity. The next truth we learned was we can be party to our own spiritual captivity. You and I, of course, none of us would want to be captive, would we? But yet, in many ways, we can, you and you and I can be can be party to that, can be can actually enable that to happen in our lives. And the last year we talked about the last time we we're together, spiritual freedom comes only from Jesus. And when you get this in your life, in your mind and your hearts, then this is when true change comes. So today, obviously, we've seen uh, people have victories in the life in their lives through Financial Peace University, but even more so victories in their lives spiritually. You know, all the people that have now come to know and follow Jesus. And I know many people here who have made that decision at a different point in their lives. But the question is free to do what? You know, we're free. Amen. We have spiritual freedom, but free to do what? And that's the question that we're going to answer today. And we're going to look at three things that we're going to look at the scriptures that we are free to do now and to live for. And one of those is we are free to enjoy an authentic, divine relationship. The second of those is we're free to live out a real and fulfilling purpose. And the third one is we're free to find genuine, genuine and lasting joy. Now, let me ask you a question. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that, right? When you think, hey, who who doesn't want to have or enjoy an authentic divine relationship? Who doesn't want to live out a real and fulfilling purpose in their lives? Who doesn't want to find genuine and lasting joy? You know, there's a lot of things that maybe people offer you and you say, you know, I don't want I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. Or, you know, sometimes when someone wants to be tough and kind of get into a fight, they say, hey, you don't want any of this right here, you know. But this we do want, right? This we do desire. And this is really goes to the, to the depths of, of human desire. And the Bible has our answers for this. Amen. So let's look at a scripture. Second Corinthians chapter three and verse 12. We're going to be reading our Bible this morning. Amen. So you thought, Hey, I thought we were just here to party. Well, reading the Bible is a celebration. And we see this in second Corinthians chapter three and verse 12 and following. It says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is, is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord Who is the spirit? You know, what an incredible thing that being free enables us to enjoy an authentic divine relationship. It enables us to be able to come to God in confidence, to go to our father in heaven in confidence. You know, the Bible says in Romans that when we pray, our spirit reaches out to God saying, Abba, father or or daddy. It's that intimate relationship that you and I can enjoy with God. And so when we ask the question, you know, we we are free for what? Well, one of the things we are free for is to enjoy that divine relationship, to enjoy that authentic relationship. And imagine all the effort that God has expended. 
for people to have an opportunity to be saved. You know, the sacrifice of his only son. To think about each and every one of our stories. We all have different stories, don't we? And our stories are miracles in and of themselves. From our, our, our birth to being raised, God had a plan for our lives. All the different things that have gone on in our life. For us to come to the moment to hear God's word and to respond to God's word. To have our lives turned around and chained. And one of those things that, for what that has happened, is for us to enjoy an authentic relationship with God. So that's a question for us this morning. Are you enjoying an authentic, divine relationship? Are you living in that? Are you relishing in that? You know, the Bible says that when you and I are in that divine place, in that divine relationship, that there really is nothing else that can happen but for us to continue to be transformed more and more and more and more to be like Jesus. Now, let me tell you, the more and more you and I are like Jesus, the better we are. Now, some of us are pretty cool. I, you know, I just want us to say it. Right? We're pretty cool. But the more you and I are like Jesus, the better we will be. The better our marriages will be. The, mer- the better parents we will be. The better uh, uh, workers we will be in our job or students we will be. Our whole life will be impacted in such a positive way. Why? Because we are enjoying this divine relationship with God. How many of you would like to continue to change, to be better every day? If I could give you a pill and I could say, oh, many pills that, you know, I, I, <laughs> Richard just says, no, no pills, no, no pills. So maybe, you know, we don't, we don't want to hear pills. I don't know. I could give you a candy. And if you say, if I say, hey, listen, if you eat this candy every day, you're going to be better that day than the last day. And if you eat it again, you're going to be better the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Now, let me ask you this. Would you want that candy? Would you eat that candy? Or would you say, you know what? That's a great candy. Let me put it up in. You know, where all the rest of my candies are. Now, I know some of us, you know, when our when our kids went trick-or-treating, we really were farming them out to get candy for us. And you probably ask, hey, is that all you got for me right here? You know, go out, get some more. And I know some of you guys have your little stashes in places where only you can go and get your candy. But you know what an amazing thing that daily you and I could be transformed and be better and better and better. And so we're free to do that. We're free to enjoy an authentic, divine relationship, a real closeness with God. Now, let's look at another scripture. Second Timothy, chapter two and verse eight through ten. This is Paul talking about uh, later in his life, his his physical and life reality in the midst of being someone who's been called to preach the gospel, to preach the good news, to preach the scriptures. And he is in prison in Rome, and he says the following in Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, and says, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, my good news, 
for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Don't you love that? God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You know, Paul says that, hey, I I am in chains, but the word of the Lord is not chained. And we see his spirit in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7 through 12. We see this spirit in him. And it says in in the beginning of verse 7, it says, I became a servant of this gospel, this good news, by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me. To preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. And to make plain to everyone the administration of of this mystery. Which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. And it says his intent was that now through the church, through us, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And so when we think about free to do what, you know, Paul was literally in jail, but he felt free. Why? Because he was free for a purpose. His purpose was freeing. And we are free to live out a real and fulfilling purpose to make an impact in someone else's life you know this morning it was crazy in here it was crazy i could imagine you know someone coming into church this morning for the first time and saying what is this whoa i mean this is intense we got people cheering over here cheering over there and and why was there such an excitement the, re- the reality of that is because we were seeing person after person come up. And we understood that their life had been changed. And so you and I were participating in that. You and I were part of that. We're saying, hey, listen, we're, we're making a difference. We're doing something. Look at this. Look at these lives being changed. This is awesome. And so the more they came up, the more excited you got. Why? Because it's amazing, incredible that you and I can have the opportunity to change someone's life. Man, I think I shared this with, with some of you before, but I'll say it again. I remember praying with a brother who leads a church uh, in uh, Sacramento. He's a, you know, kind of a, a rough and tumble kind of guy. I think he's from Nashville, musician. You know, just, just a cool, super cool guy. Kind of guy you think drives a motorcycle. I don't think he has a motorcycle, but it's just, you know, just looks like he does. And I was praying with him, and he's, he was praying, and so I, I took a moment to pray, and he was praying. We're kind of in a big, giant parking lot during a retreat. And so he was walking, and he says, he says, God, thank you so much that you've given us this incredible superpower. And I'm like, this incredible superpower? You know, I'm just thinking, like, did I miss out on the superpower passing out? When, you know, when they were passing out superpowers, did I, was I not there? I was feeling a little bit insecure, and he's like, just amazing. Thank you for that superpower. And again, I'm like, and he says, thank you that we have the power 
to change someone's life. And I thought, you know, I thought, what? That's incredible. I mean, I was thinking, you know, spider webs coming out of my hand. I was thinking of flying. But then I thought, what an incredible miracle it is. The fact that flawed me can help someone else to change their eternal destiny. I think, yeah, just amazing. So free to do what? We're free to live out a real and fulfilling purpose. And finally, I want us to read this, this passage because we, we started with this today. Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19. But I want us to go back to the scripture where Jesus quoted this from. But I want to read it again. This is Jesus reading this scroll in front of the synagogue. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, let's go to Isaiah 61, because this is actually when Jesus went to the synagogue and and grabbed the scroll. The scrolls were divided into different sections of, you know, whatever prophet uh, uh, that was that they were reading from that day. And so this is the actual scroll he took out. And the scroll he took out was Isaiah chapter 61. Later on, when they discovered the Desi Scrolls, they understood how faithful Jesus' reading in the New Testament was to that in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 61 and verse 1, now, I want you and I to read between the lines to discover God's heart. Because Jesus is expressing God's heart being revealed in him that day. But I want you and I to read between the lives to discover God's heart behind those words. And look what he says. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken hearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And so when God is expressing this passage that Jesus read, there was so much more behind that. He was saying these these people that I love, you that God loves. He said what I want for your life is true joy. It's true happiness. Your broken heart, I want to bind that. You're mourning. I want to bring joy to your life. I want to heal you. I love you. You know, God wants to offer us freedom from a disillusioning and depressive world. Really, it is. And a lot of us, you know, we, we, we come in on Sunday morning and we're a little bit beat up. We're a little bit beat up. We kind of come in and we've gone through some rough things even this week. 
There are things that you and I are going through that many other people don't know. And maybe we share with some, maybe we don't because we don't want to be a burden to people. But there's pain in our hearts. There's sorrow. There's mourning. But God wants to bring lasting joy. And so what are we free to do this morning? We're free to find genuine and lasting joy. Now, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Do you guys remember that McDonald's commercial with a little baby in the baby swing? It's been a while back. Maybe some of you guys might not have been around or born th- since then, some of the teens. But there was a commercial where there's a baby swing, right? And the baby swing was kind of clickety-clacketing back and forth like baby swings do. And there's a little baby in there. And the first picture you see is the little baby as the swing is going. He goes from a frown to a smile, a frown to a smile, a frown to a smile. You know, just clickety-clack back and forth. And then as it pans over to the window, it shows, uh, you know, the McDonald's M on the window. And so basically the baby's sad, and then he sees McDonald's happy, sad, happy, sad, happy. And right after that, I went and got a Big Mac, which was amazing. I'm just kidding. But, you know, for some of us, that is our life. You know, our happiness is based on circumstances. But God wants to offer us real joy. You know, happiness is a state of mind, while joy is a mindset. Happiness comes and goes, just like that swing, while joy can be constant, because it's a choice. Happiness is dependent, while joy is independent. And happiness is conditional, while joy is unconditional. And that's what we see in Paul, don't we? I mean, Paul was writing with such incredible uh, joy and positivism from prison. Why? Because this is what God frees us for. So that you and I can have real, genuine, lasting joy. So what are you free to do this morning? And so this morning, I'm just going to tell you, hey, after you're free to go, you're free to do something. You know, it's like, it's like recess, right? Where you're free to go. You're free to play. What are we free to do this morning? Today, tomorrow, the next day, and for the rest of our lives. We're free to enjoy an authentic divine relationship with God. We're free to live out a real and fulfilling purpose. And we're free to find genuine and lasting joy. And I really do pray that if you have not found that freedom yet, that you would find that freedom so you could enjoy the life that God has prepared for every single one of us. Let's go to God in prayer, and after this, we're going to end with a song. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we celebrate with you this morning. Uh, we understand that it's because of your mercy that we have the incredible privilege of enjoying a full life with you. And today, God, I do want to celebrate all those that have made sacrifices in their lives to be better in their marriages and in their futures. But most of all, I want to celebrate all those whose lives are being changed eternally because of the decision that they're they're taking today, a real hero decision of choosing to follow you. Father, I pray you be with every person who's made that decision, that you strengthen them. I pray that they walk with you. And I pray you help us to live in this freedom today tomorrow and until the day we die. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.